All right, so how's everyone doing this evening? Come on. It's good to be here. If you don't know who I am, my name's Tim Gillio. I'm one of the pastors here at Res Life. I get the opportunity to work a lot with connections here at church and help people get connected. And it is, it's, it's a great opportunity and a great privilege that I have to be able to share with you tonight. If you're here for the first time, whether in-house in or if you're watching with us online, if it's your first time, I want to encourage you to text RESLIFE to 94000. That's just a way for us to connect with you, to get to know you. And if there's any questions that you have, whether it's your first time or you've been here a thousand times, it doesn't matter, that's a great way to connect with us. Just text RESLIFE to 94000, and we'd love that opportunity to connect with you. Uh, so we've been going through this series lately on Wednesday nights. We've had a couple pauses over the last couple weeks, but we've been going through this series on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we've been going through this, and a lot of it's the realization that we can't man manifest these own things in, in our life. I mean, let me, let me be real. I could be patient for a moment, but there is definitely an end to the patience of Tim. I could tell you that, and I've found it. And unfortunately, when I, when I find the end of my patience, it doesn't go so well. Can anyone agree with that? Like when we find the end of our patience, we realize that we're really not that patient. But it's this idea of we need to stay connected to, to Jesus. We need to stay connected to the, to the true vine. John 15, 4 says, abide in me. That's Jesus saying that. He says, abide in me. And we have, we have to continue to choose to abide in who Jesus is. Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11 say this. This is actually a prayer that I pray over my kids and my family often. It says, this is Paul, and it says, and I pray, and this I pray, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. And then check out what it says. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ. It's just that same idea that we have to choose to allow Jesus' fruit to be in us. It's not our fruit, but it's Jesus' fruit. Earlier today I was thinking about this idea of Jesus' fruit being in us. I was thinking about this, and what I kept feeling for, for us tonight is this. God has an intention that all of us will continually be filled to the absolute max with all love, all peace, all patience, all kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I realized even this evening, uh, uh, this afternoon while I was getting ready for tonight is, what I realized is that what we're called to be is Christ-like. But the problem is so often Tim is Tim-like. So often I can resort back to what I'm naturally 
going towards, instead of allowing myself to partner with Jesus inside of me and be fully full of him. So I thought about it this way. Tim, fully love in Jesus. Tim, fully joy in Jesus. Tim, fully peace in Jesus. We're called to be Christ-like. So I want to pray I want to pray for us this evening before we get going fully into this, and I want to pray that we will be full of Jesus. Because I think that's a lot of times what the Christian life is. When I get saved, I'm one way, and God wants me to be more like him, so it's me walking out. What does it look for Tim, or for you, for you, to be more like Christ as you go on? So I'm going to pray for us that we're going to experience that, that we would realize that it's a continual abiding in Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus in this world. Cool? So if you would, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, we're here tonight on Wednesday night because we want to be more like Jesus. And we realize that the the only way that we can become more like Jesus is to have the Holy Spirit inside of us and to be able to express the fruit of the Spirit in the world that we live in. Father, we want to be fully love and fully joy and fully peace and fully patient and fully gentle. But it's only possible when we choose to receive it from you, Holy Spirit. So right now, we choose to submit ourselves completely to you. We choose to walk fully in you. We say, Lord, have your way in us. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. A lot of it's just choosing to partner with Jesus continually. So tonight, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at this idea of gentleness. One of the fruit of the spirit is one of the parts of the fruit of the spirit is gentleness. It's this idea of being gentle. Another another word that you'll often hear that's the same word, just a different way of translating it, is meek or meekness. This concept of being meekness. Um, when Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, he asked them. Look at this question he asked in First Corinthians chapter four, verse twenty-one. He says, what do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall I come to you in love and with a gentle spirit? So Paul lays out and says, there's two ways that I can handle this. I could come to you with a rod. How many of you guys know that that usually doesn't work, right? When you show up with a rod, it usually doesn't work. But then Paul says, but, but if you want, I could come with love and gentleness. And he lays out these two options. And these two options are the same two options that we have in every conversation and every engagement that we have with somebody. We could choose to come with a rod into that, a, a verbal rod into that, or we could choose to walk in gentleness and meekness. And the choice is up to us. And Paul lays it out here. And the obvious answer to this question is, we're going to choose love and gentleness. So then the next question would be, well, what is true gentleness? Uh, I've got these two pictures up here. Can you turn the lights up back here? That'd be, I don't know if that's possible. Can you guys see these? They're, they can go up there in a second. But can you put up the picture of the lamb for a second? There's a, there's a verse in Isaiah that says the lion will lay down with the lamb. 
And when you look at this and you think about this, this lion-lamb situation, the, the, the analogy here isn't that the lion's going to be gentle, or the, excuse me, the analogy here isn't that the lamb's going to be gentle with the lion. It's that the lion's going to be gentle with the lamb. Because a lamb can't be gentle with a lion. And it comes down to this concept. Gentleness and meekness has to be associated with strength. Uh, when I first thought about this concept, as I was getting ready, I thought about a caterpillar. I'm sure most of us would say we've, we've held on to a caterpillar sometime in our life. We don't hold on to a caterpillar and say, this caterpillar's really gentle with me. Because it doesn't really make that much sense. But if we look at someone hanging out with a lion, uh, last, I guess it wasn't last year, now it was two years ago, my family and I, we went to the circus, and we watched this guy training tigers in it. Like a, anyone been to a circus and watched these? And there's these massive cats, and at any moment, one of these massive cats could flip a switch and show its strength, but instead, the cats show gentleness. And that's the same thing with these and with this lion. It's like this lion is going to be gentle with the lamb. Because, because Pastor Daniel said this one today, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to use that. He said, meekness isn't the same as weakness, right? Meekness isn't the same as weakness because weakness can't be gentle, Strength can be gentle. So it's this concept of when, when we want to know the true definition of, of gentleness, we have to say it's strength. Get this. Gentleness is strength under control. Strength under control. Check this out. Matthew 5, 5 says this. Blessed are the meek, or blessed are the gentle, for they shall... For they will inherit the earth. God looks at the gentle, and Jesus in one of his most famous moments in Scripture, this is one of the most powerful things he said. It doesn't say, blessed are the meek, for they might possibly sometime have a chance of getting a part of the earth. It says, no, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's this promise. God lays out a promise, and then the next question will be, well, why? Why do the, why do the meek inherit the earth? It's a simple question. Why do the meek inherit the earth? So why gentleness? And when I thought about this, the first thing that comes to mind is gentleness opens doors. When we're gentle, doors get opened to us. Uh, my, my kids and I, when, when I, <laughs> when I interact with my kids, let me say it this way, when I interact with my kids, I've experienced both the benefits of being gentle and the effects of being not gentle at times, right? If, if, if something's going on in my house and I choose to kind of raise my voice and be stern and I show my strength, when I do that, my kids respond a certain way. But if I take the same situation, I step into it, and I begin to 
to act uh, gentle or with meekness, meaning though I can physically handle this situation and whatever it is, if I could pause my emotions for a second, get down on their level, it's going to change the outcome of a situation. And what that's like is just like Matthew 5, 5, 5, 5, it's the, the gentle or the meek will inherit the earth because it opens doors. Just today, I went home and I was talking with my son and had an opportunity where I could raise my voice, put my, put my foot down and say, no, this is how it's going to be. And if I did that, he would kind of have to deal with it. Being seven in my house, he would have to deal with it. But instead, I tried to calm myself down and I got down next to him and I tried to be very gentle and I tried to help him understand my perspective and tell him that when he acts a certain way, it's going to create a response that he might not want in a situation. So I had the opportunity, just like Paul laid out in Corinth, I could have a rod or I could be gentle. I could, I could show my strength or I could show my son that I'm partnering with him. Do you guys realize that Jesus created the world? He literally spoke and said, let there be a thing that looks like a sun. I don't know how he said it. He probably didn't say it in English. But he literally spoke and said, let there be a sun. Yet that same guy let people nail him to a cross. Just before he goes to the cross, Jesus makes a reference that says that he could call down legions of angels and stop it. He chose to withhold his strength because he knew that there was a better purpose to come. Because he knew that blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So if you're taking notes, point one is this. It is how Jesus was. It was how Jesus was. Was so Matthew eleven twenty nine says this: Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is Jesus talking. He says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." We need to recognize that Jesus walked with gentleness. Though he is the most powerful one in whatever room he goes in, he chooses to walk in gentleness. I was thinking about a few situations that Jesus found himself in. He found himself in a situation where people wanted to stone him. And what did he do? It says he slipped through the crowd and basically walked away. When he could have, done any number of other things, he chose to be gentle. He found himself with a woman caught in adultery. He chose to be gentle with her. He said, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. He was gentle with her. He said, I don't condemn you either. And he said, go and sin no more. He was even gentle with the people that were trying to stone the woman caught in adultery. He chose to walk in gentleness. He was gentle with tax collectors. He was gentle with his disciples. He continually chose to say, I'm going to be gentle. Why should we choose gentleness? Because it was how Jesus was. And I'm pretty sure 
that he did things the best way, and he's laying out the example for us. We should strive for gentleness because that is how Jesus was. Some of you guys may have heard the analogy before that our life is like a house. And when we get saved, Jesus comes into our house. Uh, When I was one of the youth pastors here, I'd often say Jesus would come into your house, but he's going to stand at that doorway until you invite him farther in. And let's say, uh, when, I, when I was growing up, I'm going to picture the house I had growing up. So when, I, when, when you'd go in my house growing up, you would, first room you'd go in is the living room. Anyone house have that? Yep. So he won't go into that living room until I let him in. Why? Because Jesus is a gentleman, right? And then the next room in the house was, for me, the kitchen. And then... You, you know, Jesus isn't going to go in that kitchen until I invite him there because Jesus is a gentleman. Because Jesus is gentle with us. He doesn't go somewhere in our lives until we invite him there. So then we have to say, okay, we need to invite Jesus into all areas of our life. And then on top of that, the reason that we act the way we do is we want to represent Jesus well. When I was in college, uh, my small group leader at Michigan State University, he made reference to this, and it stuck with me for seven, 16 years or whatever this has been since I heard this. He said, we need to treat ourselves as if we are the Bible, and we need to be a good translation of the Bible to people around us because we might be the only Bible that someone ever reads. And when I, when I have someone interact with me, I want them to look at me and say, wow, I understand more of who Jesus is because of how Tim acts in his life. Just like this, we want to be gentle because that's how Jesus was. So if you're taking notes, point number two is this. We have to clothe ourselves. We have to clothe ourselves. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself. Uh, so my kids, like I said, I've got a eight-year-old, seven-year-old, four-year-old, now two-year-old. My two-year-old, sometimes it's really hard to get clothes on him. It's just how it is. And sometimes I feel like that's how God is with me with trying to get gentleness on me. Sometimes I think he would like be like, Tim, just stop flailing your arms. Today uh, I get home from, from, from uh, the office and I'm getting ready to pick up my kids. And my two-year-old comes running in from the backyard. They were uh, playing around in the pool. So he comes running in and he wants to be changed. And getting his shirt off his head was hard. So I like, had to rip it off and then you know try to put this up. But he, but he wants to run away. So why does it say that we have to clothe ourselves in these things? Because every day, just like we get up and we get ourselves ready to head into school or to head into the office or to go hang out with the guys or spend time with the friends, before we do that, we have to get ourselves ready. The same thing is true with gentleness. We have to choose to say, I'm going to put on gentleness today. Because gentleness isn't natural all the time. So I'm going to choose to put it on. 
I'm going to choose to put on compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness, and patience. It's a daily action. It's the way we get ready for what we are doing. My family and I, we like going to the park and going hiking and different things like that. Uh, When you're picking an activity, you choose the right and appropriate attire to wear to that activity. If you're going to go spend time in the woods, especially right now, we should probably think about long pants and a long shirt that breathes, right? Because mosquitoes are crazy around here right now. So we think ahead and we say, okay, what am I going to be doing today and what do I need to put on? What if every morning we got up and said, Jesus, today I'm going to put on some gentleness. Today I'm going to choose to clothe myself in gentleness. And then when we get to the office or we get to the gas station and someone rubs us the wrong way, instead of going, rah, and reacting harshly with the rod, remember? Instead of doing that, we're like, whoa, like let me, let me calm down for a second and let me be gentle in this situation. Let me choose gentleness because it's a daily thing that we have to put on just like we're going hiking and we're choosing what we're wearing. And when we put on gentleness, just like when we put on clothing, there's protection that's available to us. When we put on clothing, it protects us in some way, whether it keeps us warm, it keeps us covered, it keeps bugs away, whatever it does. When we do that with clothes, the same thing is true with gentleness. When we put it on, there's a protection that that is enabled, and then we can go about our day, and we can walk in who Jesus has called us to walk. That verse I just read, I'm going to read it again, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If you look at the first word in that sentence, it's therefore. Whenever there's a therefore in a sentence, you've got to ask yourself, what's the therefore? Therefore. Pretty simple question. What's the therefore, therefore? It's because that verse is rooted in the beginning part of Colossians 3, which check this out. Colossians 3.1 says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. What does that mean? When it says raised with Christ, we got to say, well, what does raised with Christ mean? Therefore, since you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, since you have been forgiven, since your sins are separated from as far as the east is from the west, since you have a relationship with Jesus, therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. One of the best ways that we can clothe ourselves in gentleness is to keep our eyes focused on who Jesus is. One of the things about gentleness is it is all about a relationship between you and another person, right? I mean, technically, yes, you could be gentle with a really nice basketball or some china or my son's dirt bike. I could tell him to be gentle with that instead of crashing it into the... Yes, but, but, 
in context of what this is talking about, it's talking about the relationship between one person and another, and it says be gentle. If I'm going to be gentle in that situation, it really helps for me to look at that person as a son or daughter of Christ as well, right? Or that person as a creation of my creator, right? And that helps us begin to walk this out. So therefore, since we're saved and we understand the world around us and we understand the context of who people are, let's treat that person in a gentle way. It's just a way that helps us. And it's a commandment. It doesn't say, hey, it's a good idea to put on the uh, gentleness. It says, no, this is a commandment. Therefore, since you have been saved, here is what you need to do. You've been saved, put on gentleness. So, Here's what I'm going to give us. Let's take this and break this down. Let's do a three-step action plan. What can I do to help me walk in gentleness when I leave here? Or let's do this. What can we do to help us walk in gentleness tomorrow? What can we do? What's a practical step that we can do? Because I want us to be able to walk this out. The first thing we can do is we can ask for it, right? First thing we can do is ask. Ask and say, God, I need your gentleness today. Remember that it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a fruit of Tim. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your gentleness for all the people that I'm going to run into today. I need your gentleness for my kids, for my sister, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my dad, my boss, the person at the gas station, the person at Costco, the person that mixes up my pizza deliver, uh, my pizza order. I need your gentleness for every one of those people so that I can represent you well. Well, the first thing we do is we ask. We say, I need it. I want it. Second thing we can do is take responsibility for it. Take responsibility for you. Realize that you have responsibility for you. The flip side is you don't have responsibility for other people. You're responsible for you. I tell my kids this. Try to act, not react. When we react to situations, it's bad. The best thing we can do is act in situations. Best illustration of this ever is my, uh, my sister, when she was younger, she ran down a flight of stairs, and she didn't realize that there was a glass window in front of her. The glass door was closed. She thought it was open, so she ran down, and by the time she realized that it was glass in front of her, she ran right through the glass window and got a lot of stitches all over her body. When we can predetermine a response to something it makes it so we don't run into objects as much. If she was going down and she had been thinking that door might be closed, she might predetermine to stop at the bottom of the stairs and not run right through the glass window. But because she hadn't predetermined to think about that, she ran right through it. We need to predetermine how we're going to react to situations. If someone cuts me off on the way to work tomorrow morning, instead of getting frustrated and angry, I'm going to choose to say, Lord, bless them and help them get where they need to go as fast as they can so that they don't get in an accident and I don't get frustrated, right? But we, we predetermine how we're going to react to situations. So the first thing we do is ask for it. The second thing we do is take responsibility for you. And the third thing we do is this. We surround 
you surround yourself. And what I mean by this is bring people around you that act and represent how you want to represent yourself. Pastor Duane preached this a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, and I've been thinking about it ever since, the importance of the people that are around you. We need to surround ourselves with people that are continually walking in the fruit of the Spirit. If you are surrounding yourself with people that pop their cork quick, guess what you're going to do? Pop your cork quick, right? You're going you're gonna to get super angry super fast just because they get super angry super fast. If you tend to hang out with people that are more chill all the time and react to things gently, what are you going to do? You're going to tend to be more chill and react to things gently because that's what is around you. We need to first ask. The second thing we need to do is take responsibility for you and only you. And then the third thing you need to do is be purposed about the people that you surround yourself with so that they can encourage you to walk in the way that you want to walk. Amen? So let's do this. Let's put that into practice pretty quick. Can we do that? How about this? We're going we're gonna to wrap up tonight. Um, I'm going to do a couple things. Uh, the first one, I'm just going to let you guys know what I'm going to do. The first one, whether you're here or you're watching online, the first thing I'm going to do is ask if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's where it all begins. We can't have the fruit of the Spirit inside of our lives if we don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's baseline number one. The second thing we're going to do is we're just going to ask and say, Holy Spirit, we want you to fill us up with more of you, and we want to walk in your gentleness, just like that lion, we want to walk in your gentleness with the people that are around us. Does that sound good? All right, let's, so let's do this. If you would, uh, can you close your eyes and bow your head? And I'm going to count to three, and if you'd say, I do not have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to do that today, I'm just going to have you raise up your hand when I count to three, okay? So if that's you and you'd say, today I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, when I, when, I, when I count to three, you raise your hand and say, that's me. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, one, two, three, raise up your hand and say, that's me. Yep, hands going up. There you go. Yep, come on. Come on. Well, whether, you're, whether you have your hand up or not, can you just repeat after me um, and say, Jesus, today I choose to ask you, to be my savior. I confess that you died and you rose and you and you present and you've given me freedom and I walk in that in Jesus name. Amen. Can you guys give me a hand real quick? I just want to celebrate those. If you did that in here or online text res yes that's one word R E S Y-E-S to 94,000. We would love to the opportunity to help walk you through that. So if you did that, pull out your phone real quick and text res yes to 94,000. The next thing we're going to do is this. Now we're just going to say, Jesus, I want more of you in me. Holy Spirit, I want your gentleness in me for the interactions that I have today and, and tomorrow and the rest of this week. So I'm just going to pray over us. You don't have to close your eyes on this one. All right, this is like free, uh, free for you. You don't have to close your eyes. So I'm just going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Father, I thank you that you love them so much more than they could ever 
Father, I thank you that you love us so much more than we could ever even begin to imagine or begin to express. And Jesus, most importantly, we have come to the recognition that we need more of you. And Jesus, we know that we need your Holy Spirit inside of us. And we want to walk fully in what you have for us. So we just ask you for more of your spirit to be evident in our life. And we thank you for filling us with gentleness. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.